what to write about Trying to figure out what it's all about Excellentialist Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know I don't know I don't know That was Great Sounds of Watts with Outside on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven Myself Prestige with my partner in crime Long Island Raised Elm City Made E-Z Blues is in the building Easy Blues, you're better with introductions more than me. Who do we have with us today on Behind the Brand? Now, ladies and gentlemen, we can sit here and we can focus on the negatives. We can say that we are sitting here and we are at some of the darkest times of our lives. And we there is a very strong case for that. And we can continue to run that cycle over and over again in our heads until it has completely beaten us down. Or we can actually become part of the solution. We can invest in our community. We can help our community grow. We can take the time and take it from someone that was told and convinced that they were never going to have. And we can create a future for them. We can create generational wealth. And for that is one of the most amazing things to happen. And for that, I am so blessed and honored to have Genevieve Walker from CONCAT here doing the very work to change our existence. Thank you so much for being here and thank you so much for everything you do. And your glasses are awesome. <laughs> thank you for that amazing introduction and for the energy behind the work because it, it really does take that. Like folks really being excited about positivity and change and possibility. So thank you. And I'm really honored to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Genevieve. I can't call you Genevieve. I'll just call you Gigi. Thank <laughs> you, call me Gigi. <laughs> Well, I wanted to introduce you properly, and now we're going to go Gigi for the rest of the, the part of Genevieve will be played by Gigi for the rest of the interview. <laughs> the understudy. <laughs> 10 years since you've been with uh, CONCAT, and um, it's been crazy. You, you, you've, been pro you've been progressing all this time. Um, how fast does it feel? That's, that's a great question, and it, it really has this this double answer, because in some right. regards, it feels like 20 years, you know, it feels wow. like double the time. And in some regards, it feels like just yesterday before we even had a, a full staff here. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, the work has been ongoing. It has changed. I mean, it, it, many can say the pandemic shifted many things, but there was a whole life to this work prior to the pandemic that um, really feels like yesterday. That, that was since we started. Wow, now you were there since the beginning, am I right? That is correct. So so I was there since my beginning. I call it my okay. beginning because there was, there was a whole um, a board that many of them have been with this organization for mm -hmm. the full year prior to. So the coming of CONCAT here um, in New Haven was really, there's a whole long trajectory that the public is mostly aware of having started in 2012. But there was a whole uphill climb to get the doors to open and have people buy in uh, before that date. But I was here. I started in 2012 when we opened our doors to the public. What were those first days like for you? <laughs> so it, it's funny. Is I, I looked, I was I often go through notes and decide what to get rid of and what to keep. And I saw the memo. I started on, I think it was something like May 15th, 2012. And wow. we had this big community gathering that I had to, that I was invited by my then boss, Eric Clemens, to speak at and, and help round up. And that was uh, May 20th. 
So we, I started on May 15th. We had a huge community forum on like May 20th and we opened the doors to um, our students on June 12th. Right. So I had a really short time to like really get things uh, off the ground and going. And so it was, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of work, um, lots of failure uh, and lots of success at the end. For the best part of failure, there are lessons, am I right? That is, that is it. I, I think a failure is like sort of the bricks that stack up so you can finally look at the horizon. Mm-hmm. You have a whole bunch of failures before you finally achieve something. You know, it's super important. What were the first programs at Concat when we first started? Um, were, were they the, the programs that we have now? Or like, what were the first, was the culinary program there back then? Tell me a little about those couple of things. Oh, they were not. So when we started, uh, this relationship really started with looking at what was market relevant in New Haven. Where are the jobs? And the largest employer in New Haven is really Yale New Haven Hospital, mm-hmm. the largest employer. And so... Um, that group of people that I mentioned before, they really were the ones forging and engaging with the community um, and with employers. And so they had determined through their partnership with Yale New Haven Hospital that medical billing and coding was one of the professions that there would be a large need for in terms of a, a ready workforce and phlebotomy. So we started with just those two adult programs, as well as the youth arts program, which is a phenomenal um, program for young people in New Haven and around the towns. You guys do a lot for the kids. Um, I remember when I was there for the first time walking in, I didn't even imagine that whole entire place. I remember Adam Walker uh, brought me in the place and I saw like a whole bunch of kids just like having a good time doing their thing. I didn't even know the place was just right near Science Park. And it's mm-hmm. crazy. It was like this brand new world that I didn't even know I was in New Haven. I thought it was in New York, somewhere else. And it's right in our backyard. And it's just crazy to just give people that experience. How exhilarating does it feel to give just our future of New Haven just a brand new experience and to believe in themselves and to build their self-esteem? First of all, shout out to Adam Walker, my husband. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm so glad he introduced you to the place. And it, and it is exhilarating. It is consistently exhilarating. Um, we have young people come in. We started off our program in 2012. That's when I was, at that time, I was director of programs. But introducing kids to the Harlem Renaissance. I was, I was going through my phone and looking at pictures that we took, that we took yeah. but we brought kids to the Cotton Club. It's one of the things that we would do during the summer is take them to the Apollo Theater, take them to Harlem, take them to the places that we study. But these are kids that are now, like, they know who Ella Fitzgerald is. They, they, yeah. they know who um, Cab Calloway is. They know the music. They know the artists of the time. I, I mean, and excited about it, right? I, I mean, I have I've had kids through the years say, why can't this be school, right? <laughs> and so as I, I float on that. That's the thing that, that really continues to excite me about what we get to do at Concord, right smack dab in the middle of New Walker, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely, man. It's really great to see. It's really and the paintings, uh, just like you mentioned before, man, they were really beautiful. Easy. I'm telling you, there is, it was like you're seeing like young Picassos in their prime when you just like walk across. Like you thought it was actual painters, it's actually juveniles just making all these amazing pieces of art. Easy. It's amazing. It really is. Well, that's one of the most incredible things and something I say all the time. If you go mm-hmm. back and, and re- actually research history, 
when the arts are doing amazing, that is when the rest of the culture and business is doing amazing. Our golden eras was actually based around the arts. So when you started to see the arts being taken out because of the austerity, uh, the fake austerity uh, budgets that had to get put through in the early 80s um, for no apparent reason, and they started to strip away the arts, you started to see the decline on, and we started to really see those different realities. One thing I wanted to talk about just really quick for mm -hmm. the person that's driving right now that really thinks we're talking about um, the internet and Comcat, we're not talking <laughs> about Comcat. Can we get into just a little bit what Con, uh, Concat is? Thank you for that question. And I often have to enunciate so people don't think I'm Comcast wanting them to pay a bill. It is right. Comcat, which is the Connecticut Center for Arts and Technology. And so what we do is uh, really, what you said is so poignant, this idea that art really is an indicator of how we're doing as a culture. And so one of the things that we like to do is, is assure that young people connect to art from their past, connected to their own history, but it also is used as a lens for them both to look at what's happening now and to express their own interpretations and their own experience of what's happening. So it contextualizes everything. It contextualizes what we, what we saw uh, with, with George Floyd, with the pandemic. Before that, everything that is going on in the community, our young people have an opportunity to both express what they're experiencing and interpret it through other people's lenses. So it's really, it's really critical. And we offer these programs, they're at no cost. Right, so when you talk about art being uh, defunded or unfunded, just like taken off the table, we want to assure that young people, particularly urban, young, black and brown kids, have an opportunity to experience and partake in the arts. Definitely, it really it, is it's most so important. Super yeah, I was just gonna, we were saying the same thing, brother. It is so super important. And, you know, and I love the fact that it's contextually because I, I've always felt if schools focused more on the fact that, can you hear me? I've always felt that as it's schools focused more on the fact of Pythagoras. Okay. Um, if Pythagoras, the guy who came up with A squared equals B squared, uh, uh, A squared plus B squared equals C squared is the same person who came up with the math. Yep. Well, he's the same person that came up with the, uh, the mathematical equation for string tension to get a chord. So if we taught kids, if it wasn't for Pythagoras, we wouldn't have Doja Cat more kids will be paying attention in math. It's, it's amazing that you say that. And I, we do have both adult and youth programs, but what we, what, and how I think of it is upstream and downstream. Uh, we have a problem. We have some problems in our community. Upstream, we get to go to kids and inspire them through the arts, because my, my thought is, listen, we may, not get, we may not get the next Picasso photographer or somebody that's uh, you know, going to hang in, in galleries around the world. But what we do is I'll give them a platform. They feel amazing because they are amazing and they are interested in themselves doing other things. Mm -hmm. right? So really wanting to inspire them through the arts, beyond the arts. So that's upstream. And then working with our adults that have already been through the ring and have not had um, successful opportunities and, and, and good experiences in schools. Right, to be able to say, no, you have intelligence, you have capacity, you have skills that can be developed in you, and you can be the head of your household. 
right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to rely on other supports. You can be the head of that household. So really going upstream and downstream uh, to make sure that our community is strong. And it's so super important, especially when dealing with an education system that no really no longer really teaches for intelligence, but is teaching kids to pass tests um, that, you know, and some kids just can't take a test. The test score should have nothing to do with your self-esteem, should nothing, nothing to do with the integrity of the human being. Um, everyone has the ability to be intelligent and people are sometimes intelligent at other things that aren't necessarily testable uh, by a standardized test. So I love what you guys are doing and, and thank you so much for everything. Thank you, thank you for saying that. I, I didn't share, I don't know if you know Preston, but I, I used to be a, a public school teacher. Mm. Uh, I taught in the New Haven Public Schools and in the Hampton Public Schools. And shout out to folks that are called to that profession to teach. But it is, it is such a, we, we have to look at education and, and in my humble opinion, blow it up and start again because we're mm -hmm. not doing the things that we ought to do to create and, and uh, nurture folks that can contribute in a way that really adds value to society. We've just missed the mark along the way, so. Uh, so completely. So, so teaching yeah. has always been your calling. Say it again. So teaching has always been your calling. Always, always. You can ask my mom. <laughs> Always. It's, it's something I, I, I care deeply about education. It's funny is at one point I really did believe that education was a great equalizer. Mm -hmm. I, I felt that to be true. The problem is that when we, you, you, you do the research, black and brown people, particularly black people and women of equal education, don't we're, we still don't end up on an equal playing field. We don't earn the same on, on the dollar. Um, so it's not the, the great equalizer, which means that the work that we do also is about poverty. So I care a whole lot about education being a part of people's narrative and how they were able to make uh, generational wealth and that sort of thing. But there are real issues that we have to address as a society that education by itself does not address. That's factual. That definitely is factual. <laughs> um, now, the whole organization is nonprofit, am I right? That is true. That is true. Um, all of the programs that we offer, the adult programs, which now we have mm -hmm. culinary, you, you, you alluded to culinary, and a little bit of history on that. Um, we started doing the culinary program because we looked at the, the folks that were coming in to do medical building and coding and phlebotomy and what that field could allow. For example, individuals with a criminal history. These were not career pathways that are particularly forgiving, mm -hmm. right? They didn't have uh, a, a lot of leeway in terms of individuals coming in. So we wanted to be able to provide a pathway for individuals that had a criminal history also, we wanted to be able to attract more males. We did not find that males were interested um, in phlebotomy and in medical billing and coding. We're seeing that increasingly, that that is changing, um, mm -hmm. and we're thankful for that. But we also wanted to make sure that we were serving more males in our programs. Um, my, my haste in wanting to express that I lost your question, but I really <laughs> want to make sure that you knew like, that, was a, that was a part of our <laughs> programming. <laughs> no, so no, we, I mean, lined, 
you, you, I lost my train of thought a little bit, but you exceeded my expectations of that question. Um, I was leading to, um, it's been really successful since you guys have been nonprofit. Um, how hard is it maintaining that? Because like a lot of companies, you know, when they go the nonprofit route, eventually they go public. You know what I'm saying? It could be numerous reasons, financial and, you know, just out of nowhere from somewhere. But like how long and how great have you been doing this for? Because it can be really challenging doing that. It is It is extremely challenging and I won't mm -hmm. make light of it. The work that, that I have in my present role as CEO and president is assuring that we, we keep the lights on. We're, we're still able to invite people to come in and be right. certified and have a career pathway. Um, the work is raising funds. Um, we have been absolutely in a blessed position that we've had really generous um, foundations and private donors. And that's how this organization is maintained. We, 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 we thrive on the, the generosity of others. Um, I, I work to assure that we keep getting that money in. It is not easy. It is not easy because, um, you know, even you see it in our conversation, a lot of our conversation has to do with young people. But the brunt of our work is adults. People aren't that interested in helping an adult male. It just it's it's not as appealing. It's not as it's not as sexy as, you know, a youth arts program. It just isn't. It takes a different kind of intentionality to donate and uh, invest. And I like to think of it more of as a, an investment from donors, like investing in people having better jobs and being um, getting off of state assistance, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of work. Um, we've also expanded. So CONCAT, I think of as sort of our micro version of the work, and then we've expanded to CONCORP, which is really, um, they, they have expanded to where it's uh, really about um, city advancement and economic development. So we work on the individuals, on the households, and CONCORP, which has expanded, really looks at it from the city and state level. How can we achieve economic growth for an entire city, entire neighborhood by neighborhood. Um, so it's really, it's not easy work, Preston, getting the money to make sure that this happens, but it's, it's crucial, it's critical. And it's critical at that, that I have to say this. We're on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. My name is Prestige with my partner in crime, Long Island Rays. Elm City made EZ Blues is in the building. Easy. I see a light bulb on top of your head. Go right ahead and ask Gigi a question on behind well, the ground. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And I actually love, at this show, we are not afraid of uncomfortable conversations. So I love that you brought up that incredible fact. And, and I'm someone that can attest to it, you know, coming through and, and, you know, getting custody of, of my kids. When people see like a single father, there aren't the same type of resources. I can't show up to a single mother's support group because I'm the enemy. And it's very understandable. Like I get it that that is something for them. That is their safe space. I'm not saying I, I deserve a spot there, but I am saying that there are not as many resources for, you know, males of a certain age and, Look, I'm I'm palm colored and there are more resources for me that, you know, people of color, there are even less resources for. Um, and, and that's just the reality, you know, and I love the fact that you guys are sitting there and doing the work now. You know, your, your husband, Adam, is someone who comes through the artistic scene as well. What about partnering with the creatives out here? 
you know, I would have no problem, you know, putting together, you know, shows and, and different things like that to make sure that the work that we're doing as creatives is getting put back into, into the community as well. Um, and every artist that is listening to this on the radio or watching it on Facebook or on YouTube, when it goes out on Spotify, you know me, you can find me, hit me up. Let's put together, let us be responsible. Let us invest back into the community. Um, let's put together a couple of shows and, and get that extra financing there. Obviously, there's there's things that have to be crossed off and, and lines that have to be dotted. And I, I do apologize for putting you on the spot there. But anything we can do from the artistic um, community, I will fight with you. I will fight for you. It is a wonderful thing. And oh. now that being well, that being said, uh, have you taken a look at um, New Haven's cultural equity program? Phenomenal. Uh, it is phenomenal. Shout out to Adrienne Jeffries. She is an incredible leader. Actually, so first of all, I thank you for saying that. And I don't feel put on the spot at all. I welcome that. I mean, we, we grow through these partnerships, right? When, when we can really blend and find ways to really have mutual benefit. That's, that's what it's about. So I thank you for saying that. Um, I think that the work that Adrienne Jeffries is doing with the city of New Haven is tremendous. We have now our director of youth program, Steve Drippen was a part of that commission to work. So we're, we're, we're plugged in, absolutely. I mean, in terms of um, highlighting and elevating the arts and making sure that it is accessible to all. I mean, it's critical. I mean, I grew up here in New Haven. Uh, I'm Brooklyn born, New Haven raised. Right? So I, I fully understand it and, and was a part of the arts community at a very young age. I went to, um, at the time, Conti Arts Magnet School and um, um, ECA and right mm -hmm. there on Audubon where there it, it, it was, it, and I've said it many places, it was the place that felt like, you know, you could be there for a certain time, but it wasn't for you. If you were, it wasn't for me, right? Right. Black, young girl, not of wealth. I didn't think I could go across the street and take ballet lessons or, or individual music classes. I was there for a period of time. And I think that the time, it's overdue, but there's it's never too late to begin to embrace art as a right for all, right? That this is something that all populations, all arts should be considered and valued. And that, that part of that work is really, really critical and timely. Yeah, wonderful stuff that's happening coming out of the city. What were some of the best success? Oh my goodness, I'm slipping my tongue. What, what were the <laughs> best success stories that you heard uh, just coming from some of the programs in our CONCAT from most of your students? My goodness, no, I could list many. So we've had students come from the culinary arts program. We've had some that have gone off and become entrepreneurs. They, mm -hmm. We have one open her own food truck, which eventually she actually took her food truck. She had a vegan Utra, vegan Ahava. Now she operates in Georgia. Um, wow. oh. And we've had a few we've had uh, that have gone off and just become entrepreneurs through the business. And others that are just, listen, for us, a success story is an individual who could not put lunch money in their child's pocket yeah. now is the head of their household. So let me not... Let me not make it out to be the case that if you're an entrepreneur, if you're running your own business, that that's the epitome, right? For us, when somebody didn't have and now they have, that's success in a major way. 
So there are several of those stories. We've also had, uh, we've had some entrepreneurs come out of phlebotomy that we did not anticipate. Um, wow. Go off and run their own businesses, um, mobile phlebotomy labs. Um, we've had student, we've had students go from phlebotomy into nursing. So actually not just stop there, which is really the point that we're introducing individuals into a launch pad. So you go into the workforce from the courses that you take in here and launch into whatever next um, level of the career that you want to take it to. So we have students that have been here that have become nurses. Um, we have one of our youth arts programs. He just expressed that he was accepted to Berkeley and his interest and his passion for music started here at Concast. Incredible awesome. musician. So, I mean, I could go on and on about the stories of people that have come through here um, and had success. And those are just a few, but super proud of everybody who goes and learns how to uh, really just be a provider for their family. I mean, that's really golden. I don't want to understate that. <laughs> and, and neither should I. Um, tell me about the Dixwell Plaza lo location. Um, what can we expect? Um, what features are inside of it? Uh, please go ahead. Oh, my goodness. So the, the project on Dixwell Plaza, we call it CPOD internally. It's a concat place on Dixwell. Uh, we'll be moving our operations from here. So everything that we do here now in Science Park, we'll be doing over on uh, Dixwell Plaza wow, um, okay. and expanding some of those offerings as well. So we'll have the culinary, the medical billing and coding and the phlebotomy. We're looking at um, what the feasibility is to do a construction program. Um, there are lots wow, of okay. uh, there are lots of construction sites, and there's there's often that requirement to have uh, WMPEs that they can't meet. So women and black owned um, business uh, enterprises, and so they often are unable to meet the quota that is set either by the city or the state. And so there's an opportunity for us to train individuals to go into those professions that that can feed a family. So that's one. Um, the other uh, opportunity that we may you may see over at Dixon Plaza mm -hmm. is uh, in the biosciences. New Haven has a booming science industry, right? Where where folks uh, looking into doing um, um, working with researchers in bioscience, and so it's one of those fields that you can enter in without a degree. And so we can work on the certification so that individuals can benefit from an economy that is going to be booming. It has already started. We're already seeing the evidence of that. So those are some things that will be coming. Um, in the arts program, we plan to have a, a, a recording studio inside. Uh, there'll be there'll be food, a food court on site. There'll be residential um, living on site grocery store, uh, the folks in Dixwell and New Hallville, they deserve that. A place where they can go they and get fresh fruit. And a shout out to the Q, Q House that is already opened across the street. And they, you know, they were already having, um, oh gosh, farmer's markets. But the, mm -hmm. the people in this community deserve the things that we're bringing. And that's really the point. Everything that we're bringing are things that in our experience and in our relationship with community, that those are the things that people want. Right. They want they want to live, work, and play like everybody else in, in the in the place where they grew up and they raised their family. I'm really happy that you mentioned construction because I have a lot of family that um, has dealt with construction. It's really tough being a person of color in the construction field. Um, 
lot of opportunities miss um, just because of the, their representation and what they look like. And it's been very challenging for some members of my family. So I'm really happy you're just putting that in because of a lot of black owned construction businesses, I think New Haven will definitely thrive. I agree and I'm really excited about it. We're working hard to try to make that happen, but it's not unlike most industries, right? If you don't have a long history and if you don't have an uncle that can introduce you you know, somebody that just yep. say, these are the roles. Yeah. We understate the value of the social network that comes with just a history of being in the game, whatever that game is. And so we really want to be able to shift that for uh, Black and Brown folks. Hmm. Whose idea was it for the Jazz Sundays that you have at uh, Concat when, um, for like, like for the whole brunches and everything? Was it your idea yeah. or someone from your team? <laughs> I could say it was my idea, but somebody else might say it was theirs. But we, we really, we, we come together and we really looked a, a lot. I think it might have generated from Eric Clements, right? Okay. I think he might have said, listen, we, I know he was the one that said, we need, we need to have this patio. We've got this functional uh, cafe, which by the way, I want everybody to come out and support our culinary students do a takeover. And they have a two month takeover that is starting in August where they nice. run the menu. It is, nice. it is brand new, will be wonderful. So I'm inviting everybody to come to Orchid Cafe. But we have a patio. It's like, we love jazz. We have jazz musicians that are affiliated. Shout out to William Fluker, who is a, a, a New Haven treasure. Um, and he's brought his quartet out and he's performed um, out on the patio with, with some New Haven greats. And so, I mean, New Haven has some incredible historical talents in jazz. So we've had you Hank Bolton come and perform. He's a famous saxophonist. He, he's not as famous as he ought to be, <laughs> but this is amazing talent from the from the jazz era when um, when they were talking about when the greats, when folks were stopping off in New York and passing through New Haven to go to Boston. So this yep. was a this was a major space for so it was part of that really talking about what's the rich history of new haven that's undersold and it's part of our jazz history that's mm -hmm. a major part so we wanted to make sure we celebrated that having our jazz brunch sundays besides the takeover and the whole jazz sundays on um, what else can we expect when it comes to events happening at concat so we have this let's see august 6th another thing that we are really wanting to um, prioritize is health Right. Okay. That, that some, we, we, we struggle a lot because we don't have good health and it's a lot of our lifestyle issues. But on August 6th, we're having the Women's Legacy of Health Fair here mm. at Science Park. We will be uh, promoting good, healthy, healthy eating, healthy living, we'll have a mammogram band, um, all the things that, that women need to make sure that we live long, healthy lives. Um, all the, the, the health awareness checks, those will be there. Cornell Scott Hill Health Center will be there. The Yale Haven Mammogram Van. Um, Clifford Beers will be representing, so mental health as well. So promoting that. We have the Youth Arts Showcase. If you're looking for something to do, if you miss the stuff that happened for Arts and Ideas, come see what the kids do. Now they're studying Motown. It is nice. absolutely wow. amazing. So I, think, I believe our showcase is on August 12th. They do theater, they do singing, they do music production, they do uh, uh, Photoshop and visual arts. I mean, they they do it all. So that's coming up. Um, let's see. That might be it for the summer. I think that's that, that, That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. It seems like it's already packed enough. 
<laughs> yes, it is. Got a lot I going on. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you have fun every day at work. You know what? I will say this. Mm. I absolutely get to do something that is fulfilling. And not mm. everybody can say that. Every day isn't fun, but every right. day, every day is meaningful. I can I can I can promise that. And that's certainly a part of it. And there's a tremendous team of folks that work here. I do not work by myself. Folks here are tireless. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. It 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 takes uh it takes it takes a good army to support you. It does. And yeah. they are amazing. They are amazing. They really are. Easy. I see the finger up. I know you want to say something. Go right ahead, there's, brother. There's so many incredible things. And I, I just want to restate just a couple things that you put through. I love the fact that you say the victory is someone that is just able to change their life. Um, even, even in the, just the way of going from not being able to put, you know, lunch money to your kid, being able to be the head of the household and making sure you're supporting the family. That is so overlooked, you know, because, and, and we have been societally programmed to look at, you know, you've only made it in the music industry when you're on MTV Cribs and you have the 14 uh, cars and you're riding the Bugatti. And that's, that's not the reality. That's a fantasy. And of course we need to be sold a fantasy. That's understandable, you know, but then those people that can then support their family just by doing the arts or doing, you know, they already look at it as a failure and that is a success. So we want to give the flowers to those people that are able to go out and change their lives and, and become the head, heads of their households. So thank you for that. Um, I also heard you're, you're putting in a recording studio. So I have a couple of questions. Um, the main, <laughs> I don't the main know if thing, I'll be able to answer. I'll do my best. Well, no, <laughs> it's cool because we can also talk about this afterwards as well. Um, the, the reason why um, there's a lot of uh, places that will focus on doing like recording but then they don't do the extra type of education on there, like sync licensing, like, you know, making sure you're getting the proper distribution, like making sure you're, you're enrolled in ASCAP or BMI and how to get your royalties and, you know, to make sure if you're going to use a sample to shop that sample correctly and license that sample itself. So there's all these other particular aspects. Is there the ability to have programs around there? Do you need someone to write a program for that? Because I might know somebody um but like it's just the stuff in the industry or you know marketing which is so important because you can have the best song out there you can have the best record out there as i've thrown on the counter in city hall i have a phone uh, with a thousand plus song uh, best songs you're ever going to hear that was not marketed correctly and you've <laughs> never heard um will there also be the marketing aspects in there are we going to be going with the whole education of the music and entertainment business or are we just uh, doing recording engineering both are amazing but i just you know i gotta ask no so i so i appreciate the question and i think and right in line with what our philosophy is it's about exposure to different opportunities so all the things that you said right it's not it's not just the glitz and the glam to my point earlier no, but the, the, the folks that come to, I mean, never pick up another uh, camera, may not become a photographer, but they're, they're principles to be learned, right? And so we don't have an intention to, uh, to produce producers. We mm -hmm. want them to learn the things that are transferable. So all those pieces are valid. It's not just about the end result. Like it's not, it's not about the press. I'm going to show my age, right? It's not about the, the press vinyl, right? That comes out. It's vinyl's, all the, the stuff. Vinyl's making a comeback. <laughs> Vinyl's making a comeback, so 
There you go. go. I, I, I bought myself a record player recently. So yes, I plan on it's all about vinyl. All right, it's not just about end product. It's about the full journey, all of the learnings that have to happen in between. So we're certainly, I, I'm, I'm interested in folks that can add to what that curriculum might look like. So we should certainly talk offline. I am 100% interested. We want it to be full circle like what that experience is. It's, it's just, it's, it's so much that gets lost in the conversation for people that are trying to start out in the music and the entertainment industry, you know, or even having the recording studio. I know that there are certain people, maybe someone or two people that are on this Zoom itself that would have benefited growing up and, and knowing that there was a voice acting, you know, program where you could learn how to throw his amazingly booming voice that I want to hear. Like, I want to hear Preston be like, in a world, you know what I mean? Like, why is he not, you know, doing the stuff for, for Marvel right now, you know, or the, the next March of the Penguins can be narrated by, by, by Preston. And that'd be amazing. You know? So I, I think those other opportunities are out there, but there's a lot of people that don't know about them. And there are a lot of, uh, how do I say this? Well, I'm just going to say it. Those opportunities are usually there for the more financially affluent, um, communities. Uh, and you don't need a million dollars to become a voice actor. Right. You need the connection. You need and the connection. I love that. That is exactly, it's about access. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. And it's access to resources, which are people. <laughs> people that know and people who know other people. Somebody that can tell you, you don't want to go this way, you want to go that way. It really, those are the, those to me are the, that's the greatest loss. For having a community that has not had that kind of access because the talent is there undoubtedly right our kids our adults they come in with capacity it's just a matter of access and meeting that up with the opportunity so that's what that's really what we do if you think about like oh we could say phlebotomy coding arts programming but really what we're about is connecting the access and the opportunity and filling that in with people's capacity. And so that there's a mm -hmm. full bridge so that people can transform their own lives. In the arts or employment, workforce development, what have you, it's about meeting access to the opportunity. The opportunity being on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven, myself, Prestige, and my partner in crime, Long Island raised, Elm City made, EZ Blues is in the building. We got Gigi Walker, the CEO and president of Concat with us on Behind the Brand. Gigi, what are the best things you learned from Eric Clemens? Uh, you don't have time. We need another show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'll tell you this. And this is, this is something that he told me when I started. He said, uh, right. this is back in 2012. Um, mm -hmm. He said, you can do the work easy all day. The technical skill we can do all day. And I say that uh, for most people, once you learn a technical skill, it's the people that make work worthwhile and difficult. It is the most true thing that, I, that I've ever heard. Like in terms of doing the work that I do, whether it was in programming or just leading um, an organization in, in any type of leadership, that people are both the punishment and the reward. It's, it's, it's amazing. But it's what um, allows me to stay focused in the work and to stay encouraged in the work is knowing that people complicate things. People. But that's the purpose of our work, right? It's it's being able to love people through the 
difficulty. It's to be able, and really that's the fundamental truth, is that as difficult as people are, and I mean that with love, that we have to maintain a level of hope and love for change throughout that difficult time. Because I can't, I can sit behind my computer and bang out a million programs and change things out. You can do that all day. Once you, once you enter the ingredient of people, which is the main ingredient, it gets complicated. And it is the truest thing he ever told me. And it, it is both, um, it is a challenge, but it is also the thing that encourages me. Find the love, be encouraging and be encouraged. That's the best advice ever, especially with the position you're at. You deal with so many characters probably in a single week than I can imagine. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, I, and to be honest, I think it's true for everyone. And it doesn't yeah. matter. But once, unless you get to work completely alone, if you have to work with people, just know that people are difficult and you have to love them anyway. Like that's, that's it. That's the bottom line. And so that really is the, the thing for me that allows me to keep working uh, on even on the most difficult days. With uh, your position uh, becoming from C from you know the whole you know promotion from CEO and president of the company, um, how um, enriching was that for female employees of your team? Just to see that, you know, I think I think the issue will still show that. But I I I work. I'll say this. It is not easy to be a woman in leadership, right? Mm. It's, it just, it is not. And that's for women of color and just women, period. Um, so I do believe that the role that I take and, and how personally I take demonstrating a leadership that is not patriarchal, right? That I, that I, I work really hard to ensure, number one, the job still gets done but it doesn't have to be all the old ways of doing things. So I think that example is really important. Also, I have daughters of my own, right? Yeah. That I really think it's super important that they get to see what, what leadership looks like and what possibilities there are for them. Um, but I know that the women that work here and they're all really incredibly talented in their own right. I hope that, that they see this as um, another level for each of them to attain. That they can do it too. And they can do it too. You think your daughter might be a future baker at your uh, program? <laughs> Making all those little sweets and like delicious cakes? Yes, perhaps. <laughs> or either that or she'll attend the Entrepreneurial Academy over at Concord <laughs> and run her own business. But yeah, one way or the other. <laughs> <Get her. laughs> Easy. Maybe your kids should be part of that recording studio. That, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, yeah. <laughs> if, if they weren't in, in summer camp right now, they'd be listening to the interview and I'd be getting a knock at the door. Uh, Dad, there's another, there's a recording studio program. Like, let's go do that. Cause, and, and it's, it's incredible. And, and that's one of the things I, I, I misspoke earlier and I, I wanted to correct that. I, you know, cause what I, what I said was, you know, I'm not afford you know, I have, I'm not afforded necessarily the same type of uh, resources, but there are other people that don't necessarily look like me that are afforded less. It's not that I'm afforded. I, I'm not afforded. It's a different type of opportunity that, and, and it's just that other opportunity is not given for say people of color in my, in my circumstance and situation as well. Um, so I want to correct my misspeak and I uh, apologize for that. 
you know. Um, but one of one of the things that I think is the most incredible thing is everything that you're doing and, and you're continuously uh, pushing forward is this constant reflection back on the community itself. You know, it is so so important, and that's why the the term generational wealth isn't just a matter of the fiscal aspect. It is to starting to feel you know, better about yourself and your community as you grow through. And in a world where people are constantly told they are less than, you know, to have a program as enriching as yours is just beautiful to see. And I really, really wanted to thank you for that. I thank you, Easy, for saying that. I really do. And I, and I know that what we do here matters. I know that. I know that it matters to the, the parents of the children that come. I know it matters to the kids. I know it matters to the adults. I know it matters to their households when they go and they get their job and they're able to change their lives. So I know that it matters. I think it also is worth stating that this is a largely, and this is this is uncommon, but this is a Black-led organization that serves primarily Black and Brown people. And my board is primarily Black and Brown. And these are individuals that are highly influential they're at the top of their game. Some of, some of them have retired at this point, but retired at the top of their games. I mean, these are um, black and brown people that um, have incredible influence. And so I, I, I have told many that this is my own personal Wakanda, right? This is where we really get to, right? Just built up and feel built up. It is, it, is, it is our own um, opportunity and space for people, again, to know that they have value, right? Not just because we're telling them, but they get to demonstrate it and walk in it themselves, which I know when they go other places, now you can stand a bit taller, right? You have, you have verification that you contribute, that you have skills and capacity. And so you really, I mean, you could call it a nonprofit, call it a, you know, that that is at the heart of what it is. It's about changing the soul of people that have experienced awful ill, the awful ills that come with poverty and, and racial inequalities. This is like this is like the balm. This is this is like a, a place where people can come and heal from that, be encouraged, and then go out empowered. So I know it's important. I'll be here as long as they'll keep me. <laughs> Does it stop in New Haven? Will we see one in Bridgeport? Will we see one in Hartford across the board? We have had through the years several conversations about replication. And I think one of the one of the tricky things is that replication is easier said than done. Yes, back to that piece of advice that I got from Eric Clements, it's about the You cannot teach, I mean, you can expose to values and teach values, but you can't make people care. And I think one of, yeah. part of the secret sauce at CONCAT is that everyone here that works here, regardless of their role, cares about either they came directly from this community, right, or a community just like it, but they understand and relate directly to what it is that we're up against. And so you can't teach people how to do that. So it's difficult. So replication really requires finding that, that secret sauce for each ge geography. Right? It's got to be the right folks in, in Bridgeport or in Hartford to do this work. It's not about a job description. It's about people that really, truly love and care and have true hope for people that they'll have better and more. 
So, it's about it's still, still a conversation. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> but um, I am excited. It's what we're about to see um, in the Dixwell Plaza. I am excited about the future events you got coming up and especially those uh, talented young musicians that are going to come out very soon. But um, we are approaching to the end of just this broadcast, just unfortunately. Um, just a couple of things you want to just just clarify, just social media, where to contact you, social media about Concat, where to contact them. And also just uh, words of advice uh, for you know anybody who wants to go on your path or a similar path as yours. Go right uh, ahead. OK, how much time do I have? Like 15 seconds? <laughs> um, we're going to let you rock. This, this time is yours. We're going to let you rock. All right. So, um... I think first thing, uh, social, well, our website is uh, concat.org. Uh, mm -hmm. That's C-O-N-N-C-A-T dot O-R-G. Um, anyone will tell you this is the wrong question to ask me about social media because I don't use it at all. I'm super <laughs> archaic, but we do have it. So if you go on our, on our, on Concat's website, you'll see, I do have a social media person who's amazing. Tina Bowarn does our, um, our Twitter and our Facebook and our Instagram. So those things exist, but you got to check our website to find them. Um, <laughs> regarding uh, advice, I would say this, um, and uh, I'm going to take it to, to who I am, like as a whole person. Um, I'm, I'm a woman of faith and I am, I am a follower of Christ. And I have to say that because I believe that all the steps that I've taken in my life that I did not know exactly what I was doing, but just sort of being obedient and following through on passions um, led me to a place of fullness, right? Where I can do the thing that is valuable, that lasts beyond myself. And so I, my advice for others would be, Really be listening, paying attention to what is your soul cry? What is the thing that lights you on fire that you need to do, that you want to do, that you want to see change? And if the, the steps might seem small, but take them, right? Take them anyway. I, there is no way that I could have mapped this out for myself, that I would be at a place that I could have influence on things that I think matter. Um, so be true to that um, and have a passion. Right. Don't just be one that follows blindly whatever the trend, whatever is trending. Right. There are things that are important that only you can speak to in the way that you can speak to it. So I would encourage people right, not to not to despise small beginnings, not to look at anything as small as for where they are, but take each step. You may be absolutely amazed as will the rest of us and where it takes you. That's my advice. Great to hear. Easy. You got anything to say before we go off? No, I, I again, I just I want to thank you um, for everything you do. And I really, you know, I want to make a call to action for everyone that's listening. Everyone who has felt like they can't do it or they feel less than, please contact Concat. Please go out and grow. Please go from that not being able to give your child lunch money to being the head of your household. You know, please continue to grow and, and push forward and understand that you are worth it and that you can do it. Uh, that is one of the most important things out there. Do not believe the lie of the devil is whispering in your ear. Understand that the reality is you are worth it. You are worth the investment. And, you know, there is a community out there that can help you grow and build. And that's just reaching out to CONCAT themselves. Um, and, and thank you for everything you do. Um, and those listening at home, just remember, no matter what, you only truly fail when you walk away from it. If you continue to push on and push forward, 
Those are just extra uh, speed bumps and growing pains. And you can grow so much from growing pains. And we love you all for it. Yes. Thank you. So well said. So well said. Thank you. Gigi, thank you so much for being part of Behind the Brand on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is wonderful. to write about trying to figure out what it's all about existentialist am i worth anything or just a scout i don't know i don't know i don't know spending time all alone sending my songs through the phone dreaming of a better home when while focused on trying to hone this craft witchcraft i hope the brujas let this last I don't know. you